Lisa's, it's almost a foolproof plan. If you're interested, you could do this with me and you can get $5,000. All of a sudden, I start to feel something's wrong. I'm freaking high right now and I'm gonna go through security in Nepal. I was becoming an international drug smuggler. Only it doesn't last forever. You have no idea what's going on. There are guards with guns everywhere. They're gonna pull me aside and that's it. End of the road. This is it for me. What am I gonna do now? Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. From Wondery, this is Locked Up Abroad. I'm your host, Jim Clementi. Jackie Nichols grew up in Los Angeles in the mid-1970s. Her parents partied most of the time with little concern for their children's well-being, so Jackie and her brother had to fend for themselves. She craved the stability of a normal life. At 21, she got a job at a nightclub in Beverly Hills, and soon after jumped at the opportunity to work at a club in Japan. Life was going pretty well until a friend took her on what she thought was a dream vacation to Nepal, but turned out to be a job smuggling hashish back to Tokyo. Reticent at first, Jackie soon becomes immersed in the world of smuggling drugs, ultimately leading to her arrest and incarceration. But her path back to freedom was a profound journey of self-discovery, reconciliation, and releasing the anger she had felt all her life towards her parents. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> My parents raised me kind of unconventionally. They were more of the hippie generation. <laughs> there was a lot of freedom and not a lot of discipline. You really didn't know when you were gonna have dinner, you know, what time you were gonna go to bed that night. So we had to fend for ourselves. There were definitely times they weren't there for us because they were high. It wreaked a lot of havoc on us as children. <laughs> what I really craved was that sense of stability that you get from being directed by your parents, someone who could help me be a better person and know what my choices are for the future. And there just really wasn't any of that in my life. 
When I was 21 years old, my luck changed. I was offered a job through a friend at a nightclub in Beverly Hills. So I'm working in the nightclub. So, Jackie, it is And Jackie, a girl right? who worked with me asked if I would be interested in going to Japan. To work as a hostess in a karaoke bar. I was like, wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, I'd always wanted to travel abroad. It's really well paid. If I didn't know this girl very well, if I did make this decision and commit to this, I'm really taking a leap of faith and putting myself out there. But at the same time, the feelings I was having at home were stark and somber, and I was still depressed, and I needed, I needed something. I thought about it and decided, I'm gonna go for this. I'm gonna do it. This sounds good. Right after that, it all happened very quickly. Within two weeks of me making the decision to go, I was actually getting on a plane to Japan. My first impression of Japan was that it was cold and kind of dark. It was very different from anything I'd ever seen. The Japanese people were mysterious. I start work the first night I get there. Drinks? We would mix their drinks for them, light their cigarettes, and be an ear to listen to. You know, you didn't quite know what they were thinking. It took quite a while for me to fit into that and feel comfortable. I get off work one night and I'm walking down the street headed home and these two Israeli guys are selling imitation bags and wallets on the street. And as I walk by, they're like, hey, how are hey. you? How are you, how are you? Hi. <laughs> And they introduced themselves. I'm Ronnie. I'm Yoram. You fancy like join us? Come sit. Come sit down here. We talked for what seemed like two hours, sitting in lawn chairs on the street there. I love to karaoke. So we became fast friends. It just felt really, really comfortable. So I'm sitting there one day, and Yoram and I are talking, and he says, Hey, Jackie. How would you like to go to Nepal with me? And I said, oh, Nepal, how great would that be? Wow, yeah, I know, that sounds like a great trip. Yeah. And he says, also, by the way, I am going to be bringing back some hash. And I'm like, wow, smuggling hash, huh? You're bringing back hash? Yeah. I mean, isn't it dangerous? He says, yeah, yeah, of course, but he says, you know, we swallow it. It's in your tummy, it's impossible to be caught. It's almost a foolproof plan. He says, you know, if you're interested, you can do this with me and you can get $5,000. Interested? I'm, you know, I'm thinking this over in my head. But I, I really don't think that I could do something like this. Look, okay, okay, I'll tell you what, we go away. We go on holiday, and then... He says, look, you can come with me, and you can decide later. But enjoy myself in the meantime on a vacation. 
So okay. I thought, okay, yeah. I'll do this. Little did I know that this journey was going to change my life forever. When we arrived in Nepal, it was awesome. Completely different from Japan. It was so colorful. Things I'd never seen before. There's a million things going on. There were cows roaming in the streets. I had the time of my life. It was great. This trip made me feel like I needed to get out there. I needed to see the rest of the world. It was really exciting. We've been in the hotel about a week, and Yoram comes home, and he's picked up his stash. Look what I just found. And he says, hey, Jackie. Why don't you try and swallow a pellet of this hash and see how it feels? I really had to think it through. You know, I guess I could try one. Okay. Okay. He takes a soft ball of hash, rolls it in his hand. He takes saran wrap and he wrapped it and sealed the end with a lighter so that it would close off air getting in it or anything coming out. I put my head back. It's kind of sitting there and I grab another sip of water to wash it down. Comes right back up. Head back. This is really difficult to do. So I give it another try. I'm able to get it down. Okay. I was thinking maybe I could do this. So what do you say, hmm? Yoram assured me the only way of getting caught is perhaps getting sick, but it never happens, really. And I'd have a lot of extra money and I could, you know, travel a little bit more. So I thought, okay. I'll do this. I'm in. So we went to get the drugs. We go to the edge of town. And he says, okay, just keep it cool and follow my lead. But what I didn't know was that this was going to become my biggest nightmare. We go to the edge of town. He's taking me in to meet the dealer. There's this woman sitting behind this wood table, and there's two guys standing in the corners. I'm really nervous. You have no idea what's going on. I'm looking behind me. I can still feel it right now. It was scary. Jackie, this is Mamo Sam. You just weren't sure of her. She would smile, but the eyes were telling you something else. I didn't trust the situation at all. We would like uh, half a kilo. So we give Mama son the order, and she leaves the room, kind of freaked out with these guys in the corners, not knowing if they're going to pull a gun out or not. She comes back in. Yoram hands her the money, and I'm buying a half a kilo for $125, which is like unheard of and unbelievable. I'm standing to make $5,000. Once we got back to the hotel, we had 24 hours 
to wrap the drugs and get on the plane. Just uh, grueling, uh, hours of wrapping. It's just one pellet after the other. Burning my fingers with the lighter. You know, this work is ridiculous. Finally, Yoram and I are ready to swallow. We have five hours before we need to get on the plane. It was a really intense process. I kept throwing them up, and when I throw them up, I'd have to go into the bathroom and wash them off and try and re-swallow them again. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Why am I doing this? It was disgusting. I could feel them going down one by one and actually falling on top of each other in the bottom of my stomach. Eating one pellet was easy, but eating hundreds of them was nearly impossible. I was able to swallow about 350 grams. I couldn't do it any longer after that. Okay. The minute I walked out of the door, I thought that everybody knew that I was smuggling drugs. So Yorm and I got to the airport and we decided to split up. If one of us got caught, we didn't want the other one to get caught. I was scared to death. There are guards with guns everywhere. I'm completely on edge. I'm just looking straight at the guard, and I just want to get through the security check. Handle yourself, Jackie. Stay under control. Don't mess up. All of a sudden, I start to feel something's wrong. I start to feel lightheaded. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And before I know it, I feel like I'm stoned. At that point, I realized that in wrapping those pellets, I had never washed my hands in between. I had never taken care of the hash oil that was on my hands from rolling them into pellets. I couldn't believe it. I thought, how stupid. I said, I am high. I'm freaking high right now, and I'm going to go through security in Nepal. I can see that people are looking at me, and I'm not, I'm not feeling good at all. I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to shake. It's almost too much for me. I'm gonna pass out. And I know that they can tell I'm high. They've gotta be able to see it. And if they see that I'm high, there's no way they're gonna let me through here. They're gonna pull me aside and that's it. End of the road. This is it for me. I went into the bathroom. I, I needed cold water on my face. I'm looking in the mirror, my eyes are bloodshot, and I'm like, what have I done? What am I doing? So I took a deep breath, and I calmed myself down, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not gonna get caught. Okay, so I'm in line for security check and talk myself into being calm. So I get up to the guard, and he asks me, Where are you going? I'm going back to Japan. And what was your stay in Nepal for? And I said, it was, it was purely, purely enjoyment. enjoyment. 
I had a wonderful time. You have a beautiful country. He said, all right, thank you very much. And I walked through. And at that moment, I was like, oh, my God. That was one of the most intense moments of my entire life. I'll never forget it. We get on, and now I need to figure out, you know, how I'm going to make it through customs in Japan. If you remember how powerful it felt to snap a hot pink razor flip phone shut after getting off the phone, you're a millennial. And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarins Multi-Active Cream to your daily routine. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarins has a long legacy of creating industry-first, plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and C. holly bioextract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While multi-active creams can't bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can distress your skin. Clarins Multi-Active Cream is available online now. Go to clarins.com slash truecrime and get multi-active day and night cream for 10% off. A free welcome gift plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot com slash truecrime with promo code truecrime. Clarins.com slash truecrime with promo code truecrime. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. So I land in Tokyo. I walk through the customs door. I'm thinking, once I'm through this, it's over. I got through it. I couldn't believe it. Bravo! <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> laughing with a huge smile on my face because once you're through, you're through. I couldn't believe I had made it through all of that and that I was going to be okay. Well done. <laughs> the thrill that you get from going through something like that was amazing, almost like none other. It's a, it's a super rush. We started coming up with ways that we thought we could do it without swallowing it. I've got the best idea. Okay. Just had to be in places that when you got patted down, they wouldn't feel it. I realized I could put it in my bra. I wouldn't be frisked there. Another place we discovered was under the belt. Shoes weren't checked. I realized I could take quite a bit in each shoe. That'll work. So we were yeah. able to pretty much put a kilo on each one of us. It's good. <laughs> it was like a piece of cake. 
And then there was another trip after that that was successful. I was becoming an international drug smuggler. Not many people can say that. <laughs> now, it's not easy and you do have to be smart and you need to be able to take risks. Big, big risks. By this time, I'm sort of changing from who I used to be. I felt certain power from this, and that power felt good. Yoram and I have known each other now for eight months. You know, we've had a great relationship from the beginning. We were buddies, like partners in crime. He had my back, I had his. So I was really surprised when Yoram betrayed me. Yoram and I had just gotten back from our last trip from Nepal, and Yoram, as usual, would go and take the drugs to the dealer and come back with the money. So I waited, as I always do, for him. 24 hours goes by, and I haven't heard anything from him. He comes back, he gives me my money, and it's missing a third of it. This, this isn't enough. What is this? There's a third of this is missing. I think he was feeling a little entitled. Look, I got you into this in the first place. And why should I get half of the money for bringing back half of this stuff? I was disgusted at the way he was acting and hurt. I was really hurt. I started an argument with him. We're supposed to be friends here. I don't understand. This is not right. What are you doing? How can you just turn on me like this? Please, I mean, I, 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 you know, I need this money. I need oh, no, this okay, money. Okay, okay, okay. I'll go get your money. So I thought, all right, you know, I got through to him. So I let him go. But he never came back. And I never heard from him again. It was really a very sad moment. Ultimately, that's where drug dealing gets you. You know, you become a little too greedy and you want more and more and more. So now that your arm's out of my life, this big absence and void is there in a sense of my travel partner, he's gone. My visa's gonna run out in two months and I'm just not sure how I'm feeling about going home. I wanted to go back to America in style. I wanted a nice car and a nice apartment. I thought if I did this with Yoram and we were successful, why don't I just go ahead and make a trip back for myself? I know the plan. I know where to get it. I know how to smuggle it. I'm thinking, what could go wrong? I decided I was gonna make one last trip. I met Mama San and this time I was fairly uh, confident. Have you got the stuff? I asked for two kilos, which is the most I'd ever gotten. So I pick it up and I feel it and it's like hard. And I'm like, whoa. This isn't the same stuff, this is hard. This is way too hard. No, this is good. No, it's not good. See, if the hash is hard, I can't mold it into my shoe. I can't cut it out because it'll break apart. 
I can't use that. What am I supposed to do? Listen, you need to get me something good. Come on, I need this to happen. You need to make this happen. I'll be back tomorrow. And I stormed out. She knew I meant business, but what am I gonna do, really? Pull a gun out? So the next day, I came back. And she okay. had it. And I was like a sigh of relief. Oh man, I can't believe this. I, I was really happy. It's all calm, it's all good now. It's all good. So I get back to my motel room. I do the shoes. I do the belt. But this time I've got 500 more grams than I usually take on any one trip. This is a bit much, I'm really pushing it, but this is my last trip, this is it. I figure I'll transfer through Japan and go straight to America. Hi. Hi. I get to the airport and get up to the ticket counter to check in, and the lady takes my ticket and gives it back and tells me I have the wrong day. I fly out tomorrow. What do you mean I'm flying out tomorrow? That's what your ticket says. I just can't believe I've missed everything by a day. I mean, where was my head? I mean, how stupid. It's for tomorrow, not for today. They're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, I, look, I've, I've lost a day somewhere. I you know, I start getting a little nervous and I start getting a little loud. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand. I'm like, can you just, you know, arrange a standby for me? I can't do anything today, so you have to come tomorrow. I have tomorrow. flown this airline many, many times. So I'm making all this commotion. Everything's look. pretty tense. No, you can look. The guards there got guns on them. I'm willing to fly standby. I'm willing to wait. So they come over to where I'm standing, and then I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Maybe I better calm down. Look, can you at least get a manager for me, please? I can try. Can you wait for a moment? A manager comes out and he says, come over here to this room and we'll discuss it. I thought I'm thinking at this point, I've got two kilos of hash on me. All they have to do is search me and that's it. I'm done. I'm busted. It's wrong day. Yes, I know. I know I missed my day. I'm sorry. This I, guy I, starts to question me, and I realize he's definitely not a manager. They want to know why I'm in the airport on the wrong day. How could you have missed your day? Busy. Who misses their day on a, on a flight? No, Didn't you check your ticket? I, I got it mixed up because... I'm shaking just even talking about it. I've got these two guards standing right over me. I am sure the next step is going to be a frisk. And that's going to be it. I, I had, he told him, oh, I've had so much on my mind. I didn't set my clock back, so I wasn't on the correct time. See, I had so many meetings. I'm so nervous at this point. I mean, this is a big deal. OK. <sighs> he ended up believing me that I had lost the time of day, but I need to keep it straight the next time because okay. this kind of stuff is suspicious. So they let me go. 
So I go to a hotel. Whoa, man, I'm still nervous. I'm still reeling because I had never been in that situation before in any of my travels. I'm like, whoa, man, I gotta, I gotta smoke a little bit to calm down. I take my shoe off and I take a piece out. I roll a joint and I smoke it and I relax and I'm trying to calm myself down. I really contemplated maybe leaving this behind. I thought, you know, is this worth it? I've almost just gotten myself into big trouble and I'm carrying more now than I ever have. But then I thought again about how much I can make. Bringing the stuff back to America, I knew that I could sell it for $15 a gram and make $5 more than I was in Japan. With two kilos, I would have stand to gain $30,000 on this trip. $30,000. I decided to continue on and take the risk. So the next day I get up and I'm ready to go. I've got a fresh attitude. No more mistakes, Jackie. I've gone through check-in, so I get in line for security. They're patting these people down quite heavily. I've not really seen that before. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, really, what am I thinking? I've got to get rid of this. Beeline for the bathroom. I untape the two pieces that are there on top of what I usually carry. I can't flush it down the toilet because it could plug it up and get caught and the blocks are too big. So I stuck them in the trash can and I was on my way. No looking back. So it's my turn and I step up to security. I'm sweating a little bit. I think she can smell this fear on me. She asked me to put my hands up and she pats me down on the front. She stares me straight in the face. And she says, you can go. Thank you. Oh my God, I got through it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, dang, that you're good, Jackie, you know. I wish I hadn't left that 500 grams in the bathroom. <laughs> so I arrive in Japan at 5.30 in the morning and it's, it's empty. There's really nobody around and I need to find the transfer area because I need to catch my next flight. So I'm looking at the signs. I can't really read anything. There isn't a sign that says transfers. I'm really lost. Which way do I go? So I go down one corridor, and I'm not sure about that. So I go down another corridor, and I finally see two pilots coming down from the ends. And I'm like, I'm looking for a transfer flight. And I don't know which way the transfer area is. I don't want to go through customs. I want to go to transfer. And they said, oh, transfer. And they pointed to two double doors at the end of the hall. You know, I didn't really question it. They worked there, they said transfer. I figured we were understanding the same thing. So I pushed through these big doors. I walk in and I realize at that moment I'm in customs. 
I've got to get out of here. And I turn around and the doors are just slamming shut. And my heart sinks. Hello? What am I gonna do now? At this point, I don't have a time to be nervous. I have gotta go straight up and talk to these guys and see what I can do to go through transfer area. Hello? How are I you? walk up to the customs officer and I said, I've just made my way into customs. By accident, two pilots told me that I could come this way to transfer my flight. All I need to do is transfer my flight. This is customs. And he said, well, you're in the customs area now. That means you need to go through customs. Can we just please check your bag? At that point, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna start an argument. I already know where that got me, and that's the last thing I need to do. I regain my composure. Sure. He started going through my bag, clothes, my radio. None of this is gonna get me in trouble. I'm feeling confident, you know, I've got it on my body. They aren't gonna pat me down because that's not what they do in customs. So I'm keeping my cool. I'm feeling okay about this. And then he reaches down into the side packet on the bag. And he pulls out a piece of hash that I had smoked the night before and I had not put back into my shoes. I knew immediately that I was busted. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. My heart dropped to the floor. This feeling is like no other feeling. He immediately put it up, had the inspectors come over. They got the test tube out and took this piece and put it in the test tube. It immediately turned bright red. It's good stuff. I knew. That was it. I had all of this stuff on me and there was no way they weren't gonna check me. I couldn't get out of this one. They walked me into the side room and sat me down and immediately called in all the officers that were on duty. I was in shock and disbelief that this had happened. Thinking back, I knew I had screwed up because I got too confident. How stupid could I have been? Do you have any more? Don't. I knew I could be searched, and I didn't want them touching me. Listen, 
I'm cooperating, okay? I, I pulled it right out of my bra and set it on the table, and they looked shocked. And they were just laughing. They thought it was funny. I was humiliated, and, you know, really embarrassed. I was taken to the airport jail. There was me and three other girls in there. I didn't think I was going to be able to handle this. I felt really alone. I needed someone who really cared about me to be there, and it wasn't possible. You know, I was 21 years old. I had the rest of my life ahead of me. I had no idea what was going to happen next. I didn't even know the worst was yet to come. I couldn't believe that I got five years in jail. It was a hard blow. I realized I was on my own now, in a foreign country, and I needed to uh, be strong for myself. Prison was a really clinical type environment. You couldn't interact with any prisoners. You pretty much kept to yourself. I didn't speak to anyone for what seemed like months and months. We weren't allowed to lean or sleep or, you know, even sit back against the wall. This was all forbidden. You basically could sit Indian style or in Japanese position on your knees all day long. That was it. They had this guard that walked by the cells every six minutes. I hated her, and she wouldn't leave me alone. She was on me. Every time she passed by, I would look at her and call out her name, Snake. Snake. This anger that I was feeling inside myself, I took it out on her. So I was angry, and one day, I completely lost it. I'm in the bathroom, and I'm taking a couple of tubs of water to shampoo my hair. You're allowed three. So I do the first one, I shampoo my hair, take the second one, I take a third, and then I go in for a fourth, because I haven't got the shampoo out of my hair. In the guard, the snake behind me, I hear her yell out, Dame! No, no, you can't do that. No, you better stop that now. And so, you know what, just hearing her made me angry. So I kept going. I have so much rage inside me, I'm so upset. Dummy now! No, I can't take someone yelling dummy to me one more time. I just can't take it. So I keep going and I keep putting the pails of water on my head. And she's screaming Dummy even louder and more intense. Dummy! Dummy now! Dummy, no, no, you can't Dummy do that, no! And I just kept going and she kept yelling and finally she grabs me by the arm and pulls me back and I just got up in a rage. I said, let go of me, what are you doing? I started beating my head on the wall. I started beating my hands and my head on the wall. 
And I just started screaming and screaming. It was so intense. I had never felt something so intense in my whole life than the rage I was feeling from the system, from being told what to do every minute of every day. Let go! They were breaking me down. They were trying to break me down. Stop! They put me in solitary confinement for two weeks. I remember looking into this black dot that was on the wall. I would disappear into that hole and kind of come back and not know where I had gone. And for me, that was really scary. I felt like if I go into that hole, I might never come out. I was starting to question my sanity. They had brought me to such a low level. I felt that there was nowhere to go but up. It felt like they had broken me. And in a way that was good because the conformity and the rules and the stability that I needed to get through life. I mean, that's really what I was missing in my childhood. And it was so odd that it came together this way in prison. I changed my attitude completely around. I started volunteering to do laundry and clean up after dinner was over. I was learning and becoming a different person. It was good for me. In the middle of that, I realized that all my rebellion and all my anger came from being mad at my mom. I blamed her for not being there when I was a child. She didn't teach me right from wrong. She didn't teach me to respect authority. So I decided to write to my mom, and my first letter was really difficult. At that point, I realized, you know, she's a human being, and human beings make mistakes. You know, we all mess up. I messed up. I remember getting the letter back from her, telling me how much she loved me and that she's sorry. And that, that from this moment on, she was going to take care of me. I think that's what really got me through my time in jail. And she was finally there for me. I was released without warning the day before Christmas. I was free. I was going to be able to live my life again. I couldn't believe it. It was the most exciting time. When I came home, my parents met me at the airport, and just like she had said, her arms were wide open, and I just ran right into them. It had been such a long time that for me, there was an, a greater feeling than knowing that she was back into my life and that she was ready to be there for me. It was, it was really wonderful. The experience changed me as a whole person. I've lost a lot of that anger that I was holding on to. 
My relationship with my mother now is very, very strong. I finally realized what it was like to have a close-knit family and stability. I think that that's all I really wanted all along. Thank you for listening to Locked Up Abroad, exclusively on Luminary from Wondery, the network behind Dr. Death, Dirty John, and Business Wars. To listen to more great shows like Locked Up Abroad, visit luminary.audio and wondery.com. Locked Up Abroad was produced by Raw TV Limited for National Geographic Channel. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. Distributed under license from Fox Networks Group Content Distribution UK Limited. Our audio adaptation is edited by Daniel Carissimi. Our producer is Donna Himes. Our executive producers are Marshall Louis and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.